0: Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Wednesday, September the 27th. And our top story today is that the Princess of Wales has been in Kent. Kate's been visiting Sittingbourne to meet children with special educational needs and disabilities, along with their mums and dads. The visit to the Orchard Centre was to learn more about the Portage service and how it helps little ones from the time they're born until they go to school. The Princess was able to join in with a sensory play session with three-year-olds Darcy, Beatrice, Jacob and Jackson, one-year-old Skyler, Warren, who's two and 11-month-old Nathan. Well, let's hear first from Tracy Harvey, who is a Portage County Manager. Oh,
2: it was amazing. She's so easy to speak to, very interested in the work that we're doing. Um, she, she was very focused on the families and you know, really played with the children. It was just a fantastic session. She, she wanted to know how the um, families accessed Portage, how they, how they received the service, what they thought of Portage, of, 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 of but also she was very interested in the personal stories that the families had around you know, um, having a child with additional needs. Portage is the first point of education for for children, preschool children that have special educational needs. But it's much more than an educational service. We really support the whole family. We meet the children um, and the families at, um, and find out all about what their needs are where they are and so that helps us then to um, assess and plan the next steps for those children so although it's it's about education it's it really takes into account all the all the family so we're really sort of supporting that family to support their child it's just a fantastic experience today and and great for um, Portage locally but also Portage nationally as it's the National Portage Association's 40th birthday this year and this is part of um, the, uh, an impact survey that, that, that was done to look at how Portage
0: supports families all around the country. Little Nathan's dad is Steve Ikabuwa and he got to have a chat with the princess.
3: I just you know saw someone that you know wanted to really know because she, she's really concerned, I was talking about the siblings, how are they you know, how, how are we managing him with the siblings and the rest and that was quite you know nice to see how you know that way. Yeah, yeah. Well we've got um, They're all four, um, Nathan is the fourth one, <laughs> Then there's a the fourth one. So it's got three. Um, uh, the older one is 11. and there's 10 years old, and there is uh, five years old. Then Nathan.
4: How
2: did you
0: find out about the
4: quartet service? How did you find the, the one? How did you find out about
3: the quartet service? It was all uh, referrals. Actually, you know, like all yeah. the teams, I'm sure they all know each other. So you know, just say, oh, have you, have you heard about this team? They could do this in this team. You know, that's also someone referred us to them. Um, and then we said, okay, we'll, we'll give them a try. And, and they're really nice. Uh, what's um, she's been coming around, you know, to do, you know, all the sensory things with him and, and it's okay, it's all right. It's, it's all referrals. That's how we find out about them. We didn't really know. Of course, um, we've had three before him, so we've never had this experience before. So we didn't know. If, if, if it was something that you know of you know before, you can easily say, okay, you, you know, but yeah. So people referred, hospital referred, all the teams referred. That's how we found out about them it's um it's, it's 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 lovely i was just having a you know chat to her saying you know what they do is a vocation you know it's not just a job you understand you know because aside from the fact that that you know you see them doing the job with with their hearts and the rest of it and you can see the support there you know i know when there's a lady that comes from elena whenever she comes around um, our little girl carissa it's as if she just wants her to herself and we used to tell her no this is not for you it's for Nathan you know but she will still make room to still you know give her time and play with her and do stuff so it's really helpful for us really my wife is a full-time worker i'm a full-time worker you know so challenge you know when we see all that support is really you know beneficial for us and it's, and it's really handy
0: You may already know that Kate is incredibly passionate about early years and in 2021, she launched the Royal Foundation Centre for Early Childhood. My own journey into understanding the importance of early childhood actually started with adults and not with children. It was about prevention. I wanted to understand what more we could do to help prevent some of today's toughest social challenges and what more we could do to help with the rising rates of poor mental health. And you can see plenty of pictures and video of the Royal Visit today by heading to the story at Kent Online or following us on socials. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today and tributes are being paid to a dad who's died from a brain tumour after doctors at a Kent hospital misdiagnosed him with appendicitis. 25-year-old Joshua Warner was taken to Darrant Valley in Dartford for tests and a CT scan in late June. The terminal cancer was eventually found two months later and he passed away within 12 days of finding out. His family have described him as a fantastic man and a beautiful soul. A court heard how a Medway man led police on a high-speed chase. Officers tried to stop Kai Evans in Gillingham last month but sped off and only came to a stop when he crashed into a wall. The 20-year-old from Darnley Road in Strood admitted offences including dangerous driving, failing to stop and possessing cannabis. Meantime, a banned driver's appealing court after being pulled over by police while test driving a friend's truck. Bradley Bora had fixed the vehicle but didn't have insurance to take it out. The 25-year-old from Knockall Road in Greenhive had been disqualified after getting too many points on his licence. He's now been ordered to do 100 hours of unpaid work. Next today, and four Kent firefighters who went to Morocco to provide support after the deadly earthquake there have been speaking to the podcast after arriving back home. Nearly 3,000 people are known to have died and thousands more have been left injured after the 6.8 magnitude quake. Well, technical rescue supervisor Jim Chaston and crew manager Brad Rebeck have been to disaster zones before. It was
5: completely different to the last one. We went on, there's lots of different variables. Um, the weather was different. Turkey was very cold, whereas Morocco was very hot. Um, the construction of the buildings were totally different. Um, Turkey was very densely populated. Whereas there was some buildings in Turkey where there was probably 100 people living in one building. And in Morocco, we'd go to villages where we didn't have that population in the whole village. So it was was a different experience all around.
4: And what's that like, I guess, um, being in a a natural disaster like that? It must be quite different from your day-to-day job and and quite a difficult thing to to be around.
6: It is very different from day-to-day. However, it's something that we train for. And that's a bit cliche. However, um, every conceivable part of of a deployment to an earthquake, um, the UK team train and train and train again. So that really nothing is a surprise. Nothing can really uh, build you up for the experience that you'll face when you first land on the ground. Um, However, very quickly your training kicks in and that kind of um, remembering of things you've done before in training kicks in.
4: And what was that like for you, both day to day in Morocco? What sort of things were you doing? You were you're working a lot with animals, weren't you, and trying to save the animals? What What was it like, I guess, day to day?
6: Well, the animals um, were a byproduct, really. We we you know we're not tasked to go and save animals. However, we didn't really know what we were going to expect. You know, you travel sort of three, four hours up into the Atlas Mountains to a village that haven't really seen a- any rescuers at all, um, and you're really sort of faced with with what you get on the day. Like Brad said, unlike Turkey, almost the rescues came to you in Turkey. Um, in, in Morocco, you really didn't know what you were going to expect. But we did face, what we were faced with, the most grateful welcoming uh, of people that were just so happy that, you know, that we come all the way from the UK to help. Um, it, it, it was sort of a bit awe-inspiring, really. Like I say, the animals were a byproduct. Um, you might think, well, you know, we rescued a donkey, you know, and you can kind of think, well, w- we travelled all the way to rescue a donkey. That donkey was the only mean, the only working animal left in that village. So absolutely crucially important. It would be like, you know, one of our rural communities in Kent. Um, you know, them losing their car with no bus service. That was kind of the level of the, of what that donkey did for that community.
4: And do you have any idea of the the number of people you saved, or sort of a rough estimate of how many people that you being out there, how many people that saved? <laughs>
5: I think there was a, we treated quite a few people for injuries. I think there were sixteen over the time we were out there in the ten days. So as Jim's just alluded to, a lot of the places we went to hadn't seen any aid or, or rescue teams. So there were still people that were injured, you know, from from the original earthquake. So we we take along doctors and paramedics with us. Who first of all they're there for our safety, but when they're part of the team, they would also treat locals and and people they come across. So uh, yeah, unfortunately we didn't find anyone alive under the rubble, but we were able to treat and help people in other ways. What we did manage
6: to do was, it was quite clear early on when you were arriving in these villages that life had been lost, um, which was incredibly sad. But then you look at what, we, what can we do for this community? Um, and part of that is letting them know that there is nobody else alive, which in their culture is just as important um uh, as or almost as important as making sure that all the live victims had been recovered you know their their religion is has quite strict protocols of of what happens when a person passes and if we could give our little bit of help for the closure of for that family that community and that was very worthwhile.
0: For watch manager Dominic Moore and Jamie Muddle, who's a station manager for specialist teams, this was their first mission overseas.
6: It was a very, very interesting
1: experience. Um, we've both been deployed within the UK to uh, a number of major incidents, um, and this was completely different different environment, different temperatures, uh, dealing with different cultures. Um, so it was um, really, really interesting to, to see it from a different point of view.
7: And it was the scale of the devastation, so we've uh, been involved in incidents uh, on a much smaller scale, but to go to an earthquake where you're talking about a number of villages and towns being completely destroyed, uh, the devastation on a wide scale was um, was was really cool. was quite uh, challenging for us.
4: Yeah, it must be challenging for you to take on personally. It, it's, it comes into your training, doesn't it? But I guess... You're not really prepared until you're actually there, what, what was it, what was it um, like for you personally
7: as well? Actually the training we receive is to a really good standard and it's okay. delivered by people that have experienced earthquakes and, and other natural disasters, so we are as well prepared as we can be for any eventuality. The training courses, we train in uh, cold and hot weather environments, specialist okay. training around um, different uh, natural disasters. Uh, has put us in a really good position, so nothing we faced with was a particular shock, although it's always um, uh, quite a a, a, a challenging experience every time we go.
4: And why do you think it's important in these sort of large scale natural disasters, why should people globally, emergency services team up to help the rescue mission essentially?
5: I
1: think it's really about the uh, specialist skills that we can provide. Um, so as Dom said, you know we carry out a lot of training. Um, we're not the only uh, country that does this. There's countries uh, oh, scattered all around the world that have uh, uh, United Nations classified um, rescue teams um, and obviously um, make sure that we work to a certain standard. And um, we're used to working in those environments because um, these events, thankfully, are not regular work for the emergency services. Um, uh, you need that additional level of training um just to be able to deal with those um, extreme events that are lower frequency but high impact.
0: Thank you ever so much to the crew there for sharing their experiences. They were speaking to Sophia Akin from our colleagues at KMTV. Kent Online reports. Detectives investigating a sex attack in Folkestone have arrested a man. It's said to have happened in the Tesco Express store on Bouverie Road West earlier this month. A man's alleged to have touched a woman inappropriately. A 37-year-old has been questioned. A coroner is set to investigate whether Margate's QEQM did enough to save the life of a six-year-old girl who died of sepsis. Maya Sayek died two days after being discharged from hospital with the diagnosis of tonsillitis last December. Clinicians who treated her will be called as witnesses. Firefighters have issued a warning after a toy caught alight light in a garden near Sittingbourne. Video at Kent Online today shows the moment it went up in flames after its batteries got wet in the rain. Well, crews were called to put out the blaze in Hopgarden Crescent in Newington and are reminding us to protect electrical items from water damage. A Dover woman has criticised council bosses after receiving a letter telling her to leave her late mother's house just a month after she died. Sally Sedgwick lived with a and cared for her mum, who had dementia for more than a decade. But she's not been given the right to succeed her mother as tenant of the council house in St Margaret's at Cliff, and must leave. She's been speaking to reporter Sam Lennon.
7: You've been looking for alternative accommodation, which is the first thing that everybody would do. Uh, is, is there, are there no options there?
0: Private renting is too expensive, um, and there are there aren't very many council flats around here.
7: And you've got to be in Saint Margaret's because of your job. Your job is here. Yeah, because job's just down the road. How do you feel about the way you're being treated?
0: Can't actually say that on camera.
7: (laughs) Angry, uh, 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 sort of. You feel that they're being a bit harsh. Harsh, yeah, yeah. What would you want the council to do?
0: Just to help me find somewhere. That's all. That's all I want. It's just a roof over my head. Simple as that. Well, Sally has vowed to stay in the property until authorities kick her out or take her to court. This is what a council spokesperson had to say. We do sympathise with the issues in this case and we continue to work with the individual concerns to provide help and support. However, the council makes it clear to tenants that there can only ever be one succession to a council tenancy. In situations where the original tenancy was a joint tenancy and one of the original tenants dies, the surviving joint tenant will have taken over the tenancy by succession. When that person dies, nobody else can take over the tenancy by succession.
6: Kent Online reports.
0: A burst of water main means that no trains have been able to run between Sittingbourne and Sheerness. A smoke has been seen coming from the flooded railway tracks at Kemsley. It also closed Grovehurst Road in both directions and you can head to Kent Online today to see pictures. It's fresh hope for campaigners who are trying to save at Folkestone Library. The building on Grace Hill has been closed since last December after suffering flood damage. More than 2,500 people have signed a petition to get it back open. Council bosses have agreed to look again at how much it might cost after previously saying it was too expensive. Next, and um, villagers on a busy stretch of the A2 say too many drivers are still speeding despite a 20-mile-per-hour zone being introduced. The Community Speedwatch Group in Newington tracked almost 400 vehicles going above the limit. That's around 9% of the overall total they monitored. Derek Fairley is part of the Speedwatch Group and Councillor Richard Palmer lives there.
8: I'm one of two coordinators of the Newington Speedwatch Group. This is part of a UK-wide police effort to encourage drivers to obey the speed limits in the area that they're driving through. We don't have any enforcement powers as such. We just record car speeds as they drive through the village and any cars doing 25 or more in the 20 zone We pass the details on to the police and they carry out their checks from there. Well, it, it was mainly introduced because of concerns raised by villagers and a petition sent in to the Joint Transport Board. And then KCC looked at the statistics and decided on safety grounds and also with trying to reduce or improve air quality within the high street of Newington, that they introduced the 20 mile an hour zone sometime last year, I believe um and the aim is just purely to try and reduce accidents and make it safer for people walking through and pedestrian use of the roads coupled with uh cyclists and that well i I think we all make mistakes at time where we we just don't realize we're doing a 23 or 24 in a in a 20 mile an hour zone but i think it's important that you try to maintain the speed limit because of 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 the poor accident statistics and outcomes a child hit by a car travelling at 20 miles an hour is 95% likely to survive that. At 30 miles an hour, it's about a 50% chance of survival.
0: They've also criticised vandals who've sprayed over the speed limit signs. Kent Online News. Residents of a village in Ashford say they feel robbed after their annual maintenance fees skyrocketed, but rubbish is left piled up in the street. Now, those living on a new-build estate in Fimbury Village pay £700 a year, but say the bins stop being emptied and weeds are growing out of control. They've come together to challenge management firm HM. L, where the company say interim measures have been put in place. And if you head to the trending section of Kent Online today, we've actually got an explainer on these maintenance bills and what your legal rights are. Customers will have to say goodbye to another Wilco store today, this time in Gillingham. It's closing for the final time as the company shuts all 400 shops across the country. Four others in Kent have already gone this week, with Gravesend due to join them on Friday. Residents are angry over plans to fell an ancient tree in the Bishop of Rochester's front garden. People living near the 50-foot tree in St Margaret Street feel it's part of the landscape and should stay and have even started a petition to save it. However, the church commissioners for England say it's a health and safety issue and want it gone so there's better access to the property. And we've got to end the podcast today with some animals that are making the headlines. Around 20 cows caused a load of disruption for drivers this morning when they managed to get on the M26. The motorway had to be closed in both directions between 3 and the M25 and A21 while the herd was rounded up. The alarm was actually raised at half three in the morning but the carriageways didn't reopen until four hours later and a group of foxes have been spotted playing on Ramsgate Beach. They were filmed near the port. You can head to the website or follow us on socials to see the incredibly cute video.
6: Kent Online Sports
0: ball and England's women conceded a frustrating 90th minute goal to lose 2-1 to the Netherlands in their Nations League group game last night. Maidstone's Alessia Russo did score for the Lionesses' low. It's only the third time they've suffered a defeat under boss Serena Vigman. On to cricket, and England have won their one-day series against Ireland, but the final game was abandoned because of rain in Bristol. Ben Duckett had scored a century before the bad weather, while Kent's Zach Crawley, who is captain, got 51. And he told us the performance by the so-called B-team was encouraging.
3: Yeah, it's a great sign for us as a, as a country moving forward that we've got this depth and um, that we can put out this side as our second team and keep putting pressure on those guys above and making them better. I think that's what competition.